Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Um, swaps are roasting on a open fire. <laughs> this is the MCAST show. Uh, take a seat and watch this video. Merry Christmas from the M. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Doing my best here. All right. Welcome to the MMcast. Uh, uh, and continuing listeners, continuing to listen to the MMcast, you get a little, little audio bite of me singing terribly Christmas songs. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Kessler. This is my co-host, Ben Bateman. Today we are talking about swaps uh and specifically what our favorite black cards in modern uh are classically and, and not even necessarily the best ones what we think are the coolest uh what we think um specifically what 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 is coolest about the color pie in black and what what it's what's doing in magic and um for a lot of people black is i think uh, to me kind of the reason people got into magic in some ways not me specifically but i i, I had so many friends who were just like i want to be edgy Right. And like when yeah, you were I mean, a kid, the they're like pentagrams, oh, the demons, the like that whole thing. Their symbol is a skull. Like that's like like the amount of kids I knew when we first started playing magic, like, oh, I'm a badass. I got a red black deck. It's fire and skulls. Yeah. Like was just like definitely a vibe. And I think it's got a lot of people into magic. And as we go to Kaldheim, um, literally this week we're starting previews, uh, we're seeing like that finally come to fruition like we're going to the metal set this is the place that's meant to be like ever, all of the pre- the first five bands are all metal bands previewing cards uh mastodon i saw mastodon yeah. preparing a card today yeah it's it's a, like it's really cool so so i think i think like just like the the edginess is what and like obviously there's some cringe around that now but i do think there's just like something always really cool about what black man is trying to doing sacrificing you know Sacrificing yeah, yourself for power. Um, so we're going. We're, we're going to count down. Yeah, yeah, greed. We're going to count down our five favorite modern cards in black. Uh, before we do that, please like and subscribe. Comment below what your top five favorite black cards are in modern, because we want to see yours and see how close they were to ours. Uh, my number one is uh, Bloodgast. Um, one hasty. If you got ten or less life, comes back from the graveyard. If you play a land, uh, spooky va- vampire ghost. One of the few um, crossover vampire zombie ghost things that are out there, which I think is always really cool. Uh, it's both a. It's like two different undeads, right? It's like crossing the streams. Um, ben, you're looking at me. Confused. Zombie. Spe- no, it's like a zombie spirit. Right? It's a vampire spirit. Vampire spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's both a ghost and a vampire. 
but vampires are dead already. So how do they have ghosts? It's very complicated. Um, a lot of blood involved. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is like a feature of every self-mill deck ever, basically, since it's been printed. In Legacy, you use it to to uh, grab non-barrel rights to the other one. So, uh like oh dread return dread return and and modern and dredge you use it because it, it's like the easiest way to get prize amalgams back into play like if you're playing dredge vine it's just another creature that's really good with venge vine because it can eventually come into play with haste like it's 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 just this like super versatile playing a land is so free and consistent in modern it also gets along with uh, life emblem which is we'll talk about later this episode or this week um but so like because you can get the lands back and it dredges blood gas into play it's kind of this own little cool land engine alongside of each other it's just like really cool great with uh yeah with everything yeah. i like doing in magic Sick, 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 sick. Yeah, I love Bloodgast. Um, I'll go with number five. Look, I have to be honest. My honor, my honorable mention here when I was making my list of bad black cards that I loved is like so sweet, but I but I can't go with Soul Spike because it's just a horrible card that I like that I've never even been able to successfully play in modern. So that's a an honorable mention. But uh I will go with I will go with my number five on this list of actually cards that I think are sweet. And that is the card Suffer the Past. I've been talking about this card for years. I've played this card against you actually in multiple formats. I think it's Super underrated. Um, it is one black X instant exile X target cards from target player's graveyard. For each card exiled this way, that player loses one life and you gain one life. So I've been playing this card for years. And the reason is because when you think about all of the things that you want to do uh, in any kind of a reactive deck, especially like if you're playing a Grixis deck, for instance, or like a blue black control deck, there aren't that many ways to gain life in blue. Some in black, some, but a lot of those ways to gain life in black are like the bad, like, deal two damage to a creature, you gain two life. Like, cards that are marginal. You wouldn't actually want to play them in most decks. Right. Um, not to mention the fact that at the same time you're gaining life, incidentally, you're exiling cards, which targeted exile, um, if you play this for black one, for instance, and you just get rid of that thing that they're trying to target, like, you know, whatever it is, a prize amalgam, the reanimation spell, it's totally fine. It doesn't draw you a card. But the fact that ultimately at the end of the game, if you're going long against somebody and you guys are going resource for resource and you top deck this, and you're like, end of turn, I will exile seven cards from your graveyard and drain gain you seven. Game over. It scales really nicely to be able to be a late draw in some decks that'll just win the game for you as long as they have a full graveyard. So it's not the most powerful card, but it's a card that I have played in multiple formats and always really liked. Uh, and I think it's cool to be able to bring it up. Uh, I hate this card. <laughs> specifically because you keep eating my graveyard with it. <laughs> I've, like, well, I've, like, I've like wrecked you with this card a few times yeah, before. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> uh, next next card on my list uh, does go with Bloodgast uh, is a vampire. And this is a Viscera Seer. Uh, black for a 1-1 one, one, uh, vampire something aristic uh i have no idea what 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 it's second creature type seer. No, seer no no this is viscerous here and that's not what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever <laughs> it is it's a well it's a one one vampire uh but it has the ability to sacrifice a creature for free and scry one the most important thing is is sacrificing a creature for free on a one drop creature with a relevant creature type is like super super powerful and has been a key part in lyric combo decks basically since modern inception um and then on top of that fact just like having a free sack outlet in general is very powerful and, and there's a ton of places that it's seen a lot of play just because of that and as an alternative 
Um, and then on top of that, the scryability is super relevant, right? Like being able to scry in that value engine for, by getting a thing that you need for sack outlets and aristocrat decks um, is really important. So so it being able to scry, um, which kind of is like a half of a card or even a third of a card, but it's still like worth it when you're sacking things that for value. And then being a free sack out is just like super powerful. Plus it's a one drop, so you can like tutor it with random stuff that's really good as well. Yeah, it's 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 a... No joke, super powerful card. Um, I would go with my next card on this list, which is Blood Artist. Um, Black one. Uh, this is a card known by many, many a player. It is a zero one vampire. Whenever Blood Artist or another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life. Classically, I used to play this card in Hunted Handsome. Uh, it was a card that was big, a big part of the drain gain token strategy. The cool thing about Blood Artist is that I think it's a multi-format all-star. I think people just love this card. I think it's been such a beloved card for such a long time. Because it's a zero one for two. So it doesn't do anything. It's super fragile. It just sits there. It's especially good in multiplayer games where you can just sit there and profit off of other people's back and forth. I mean, back in its limited format when it was first printed, this was another card that if you had this on the battlefield, you could just like slowly but surely like negotiate your combat trades to get back in the game. It's a, it's a really powerful card. And Azulaport Enforcer as the, or is it Azulaport Cutthroat probably? Uh, is the is the only creatures you control version, I believe. Uh, but this one references all creatures, which is especially cool. So I've always loved Blood Artist. I've always had a soft spot. I feel like you like this card too. Yeah, the, the reason it didn't make my list and it was like definitely up there was I actually don't know which Blood Artist effect I like the most. And I think I'm starting to like the enchantment one that they just printed. Not for modern, um, um, but just oh, like Bastion of Remembrance. Is that the, the card? Yeah, the fact that it comes into play... And then you can't get rid of it very easily, right? It's an art, it's an enchantment. So like no one's playing removal to really get rid of it. It gets you the token that then can die. Like blood artists, if they block with it or if they try and protect you with it, you get nothing out of it. You get the token and then this thing just sits in play and gains you value. And it's like very, very hard to interact with. I like, it is three mana, but like the fact that it makes like a fog creature that you can block with and that you still gain value off of it, I think is like strong enough to me. I don't know. I like, I've really liked that card. Um, and then obviously for formats outside of 1v1, like in multiplayer, the fact that it hits all players is really important. And I've found that more often than not, if I'm playing a Blard Artist, I care about what I'm doing more than I care about what other players are doing. Like, yes, getting random players, but in some ways it's a liability in multiplayer, right? Because like you're reminding people that you're hurting them. You're like, oh yeah, I did damage to you. And they're like, well, you keep doing damage to me with Blood Gas. I'm going to attack, or not with, with Pain Art, Blood Artist, blood I'm going to attack yeah. you um so it, it's a little bit weird um but that like it was almost just like the field was too competitive and they all lost because of it <laughs> no one made it yeah, on my list fair. um i will it's say fair. one of the coolest blood get or blood artist decks i've ever seen was the like collected company blood artist deck that was playing four blood artists and four zillapart cutthroat and collected company and just like if they cast two collected companies you can't win because if like just because there's just, like the combat's impossible well just like you have the four blood artists in play if one of them dies they dome you for four and they like can if they like something else dies like they can like just have other threats into play and your threat like everything was bad i'm just like i can't beat this <laughs> there's too much it does in the make way. you wonder if they ever print another one uh if they ever do this effect again it's like game over because 12 of these in a deck is like pretty hard to beat i feel like yeah and they've i mean they're close right there's three mana ones that are good right like the 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 black red one out of um mayhem devil that can tar hit anyone for one damage 
Um, That's or, whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, though. I feel like Falkenrath Aristocrat is the is the two two flyer for four that has the same actual ability. Well, but you, um, yeah, yeah, that's if like for combat math. But you have the things doing it. Uh, the other one that would be really good is the legendary, the red black one that gives plus one plus zero to all creatures you control because it also makes all of your yeah pain art, uh, your, your uh, blood artist, the Judith, the scourge diva. Yeah, blood artist becomes a one. One uh, one one. You can attack with it finally. Flutters <laughs> <laughs> is now a one one. Rock and roll. The game. The game. The game is on. Uh, my number three is Dark Confidant. Um, three. Okay. I think this is like I have cards I like more than Dark Confidant. This is the highest creature. This is there's. I don't know if there's a better black creature ever printed. Mono black one. That one's harder. I know. What one of your top two is going to be i went i didn't go with the cards that i think will make your top uh but i did go with confident higher i'll save it for mine though go ahead yeah uh it draws you cards it's a two one it attacks uh i will say that the amount of times before i bought into jund and when i was like a, like playing against jund regularly the amount of times i just was like hoping that they wouldn't draw the thing they needed to kill their dark confidant and i was going to be able to win by their dark confidant killing them is so high and it has never happened for me <laughs> <laughs> they've never like been at three and then flipped over the 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 blood braid elf it just never happened for me it's always like land draw a card this card just like is so much value and but it's like not damaging enough where you like want to waste your premium removal spells because you know they have something more dangerous on the other side of it and then they play it with a Liliana the Veil being able to get you I like now on the other side of the table it's great you get all the cards you could ever want and they're all removal spells and every card you draw like draws you two cards because you're playing Jund it's awesome <laughs> I'll, I'll save my thoughts on this card for, uh, for right. when it shows up on my list what's your number three uh my number three is Postmortem Lunge. This is a favorite of mine. This is actually a card that has shown up more and more on other people's lists. I used to talk about this card a lot. Um, this is a Jerry T special. He loves this card. Uh, this is one of those. This is one of those spells printed in uh, New Phyrexia. That is costs a Phyrexian black and X. It's a sorcery. Um, return target creature card with converted mana costs X from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. What's cool about this card is because you can pay the black with two life. It means that this card is functionally just the cost of a creature that's in your graveyard. Um, and if that creature is something that, for instance, needs to have haste for any reason, um, maybe it's part of a combo or something like that. This is part of gifts packages. This is just a really powerful card. It's the cost is so cheap, right? It's just it just lets you just basically have uh, a parallel experience with your graveyard um, for any creature in your graveyard. And that's really good. If you if you find if you mill your graveyard out and you have you know, 15 cards in your graveyard and you draw this, it's like all of a sudden it's kind of like Snapcast and Major Spells. You just have like a lot of options. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a big fan of this card. I think it sees more play now than it used to, but um, I still think it's pretty underplayed. Um, my next card is Thoughtseize. Uh, it's just the Force of Will of Modern. It's really good. You get to protect yourself from whatever they're going to play. You, It's very frustrating to play against, but it's great to play with. I don't have a lot to say, but it's like one of the best cards ever printed, actually. <laughs> it's enormously powerful. We we got to preview it on this show, which is awesome. Um, Thoughts, I, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not Thoughtseize. <laughs> the other card you're going to say. Uh, Thoughtseize is enormously powerful. It is crazy, oh, crazy, crazy list, good. By the way, Veil Push is not on my list. Okay, it didn't make my list either. Okay, sweet. <laughs> um, Thoughtseize didn't make my list. So, uh, But it is obviously, you know, as you said, one of the best cards yeah, yeah, ever. I think, Black's I think, best. I think part of my... 
my affinity for Thoughtseize is just like I've been playing mono black decks that are like been discarding people's cards basically since I started playing Magic. My best legacy finish was on mono black Pox. I was playing four Thoughtseize, playing Jund as soon as I was able to afford Tarmogoyfs, right? Like so, so I've been like Thoughtseizing people for a very long time, and it's and like even now with Death Shadow and being able to take advantage of the life loss is even really cool, and the game with it, I think it's like a pretty fair card. People were pretty unhappy. Michael, Michael, and Sam. Um, who used to work at Kess, uh, were like pretty off of thoughts he's being printed in historic. And that's actually pretty like, I thought it was actually probably a good thing just cause it's like, it's a fairer police force than force a will. Gotcha. Right. Like it, it, it makes it so that there can never be anything in historic in the same way that there can never be anything in modern. That's like so degenerate that decks that are just running four Thoughtseize plus four of another discard can't kind of compete with it or at least kind of try and yep. rip that out of the way, um, which I think is good for a format. Now, I, I like like Force of Will more. Sure, but that's I, that's you know, there's also sort of there. nothing worse than going against the eight discard spell deck and like just being like, oh man, like this is not fun at all. All the things I was going to do are not happening anymore. You have to be just playing like a really solid deck of good cards to avoid getting screwed by that. But I, I won't doubt that Thoughtseize, I won't deny that it's just an incredibly good card. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two on my list is Bitter Blossom. Uh, one black, one colorless. It is a tribal enchantment fairy. Beginning of your upkeep, put a 1-1 one, one black fairy rogue token onto the battlefield with flying and lose one life. Uh, it's a card that was banned originally in Modern. This was uh, on the ban list. It got unbanned some years ago. Too it has good. not had any impact, basically. Yeah, it was. It, uh, it, it was like it was a a standard dominant, like top five standard decks of all time, all star, uh, and then was a extremely dominant player in New Extended when they changed the rules, and that was like the proto modern. And so when they launched modern, they looked at New Extended. And they looked at the previous few standards and said, any cards that were too good in these moments, we don't want to be legal. So that's why Bitter Blossom started out banned. That's why Valakut started out banned. That's why um, Swordforge Mystic, Jace, um, a lot of those cards Sword were just of the like, Meek. Sword of the Meek were just, well, I think Sword of the Meek was more like a uh, uh, legacy combo that they thought was too good. Like, I don't, because Sword of the Meek was never like too good in standard. These other things were too good in standard. And, and I think yeah, that's what vision. I mean, yeah, there's so many, but. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, look, the reason I like the card so much, I don't think it's the most powerful. And like I said, this list is kind of, I'm, I'm picking cards I like that I think are also good. Bitter Blossom is very powerful. And if you don't have the right interaction for Bitter Blossom, it's powerful enough that it'll win the game on its own, which is a lot to say about a card. Like Bitter Blossom in any of the matchups that you've ever played against that are with it, it's a card that if they don't answer, just like pretty quickly just takes over the game. There, You have to find a way around it. You have to find a way to get their life total down or have a way to consistently remove the tokens because even though they're taking one a turn, it adds up very fast. Within a few turns, they've got three, four flyers. They're not doing anything. It's not costing them anything. Just a few life. Um, And that force can win the game very quickly if they have any backup for it. So I still think Bitter Blossom in the Fairies deck, and especially in decks that really want to take advantage of tokens, it's one of the best token producers ever printed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I, I've always loved Bitter Blossom. I like the value engine on it. I like that you can use it. Like I like to, like I like having lingering souls on my black white on my white list. So like Bitter Blossom is right alongside that. I think it's really cool. Um, and I've never had to play it against it in a like I started playing after Lorwyn, right? So like I've never played against it in a world where it was like unfun. So I've always had like yeah. a good time with it. Um, 
My number one white card is Liliana the Veil. I'll play that card in any format. I mean, like, if, if we haven't figured out the theme, I like removal spells and I like things that let me put cards from my hand or deck into my graveyard. <laughs> or also known as second hand. <laughs> uh, Liliana the Veil is just, like, such a cool card. I think it's, like, the fairest, best Planeswalker of all time. I don't think it's ever been problematically dominant. Uh, it's like a removal spell. It discards. It helps remove your opponent. Like it, it makes it so your opponent has to get stuff into play. Otherwise, they can't just like hold on to stuff. So it's great against control. Um, it lets you have the big moments of like, oh, I'm playing with cards that I want to put in my graveyard. This lets me do that. I like play it in commander decks as a discard outlet. I played it in Highlander decks as a discard outlet. I think just like also it has like cool interactions with like the Sun Titan, Liliana of the Veil, uh, uh, Solar Flare decks that were kind of a big deal in standard are always like really really dope and really cool um sometimes definitely was a card that barely made it like off of my top five list uh but yeah liliana liliana just like will always have a a, a, a place in my heart and it honestly like single-handedly keeps black at one of my favorite colors in magic just like by herself being as as sweet as she is she's really sweet um i didn't i didn't really think to put Liliana on my list i guess I've always liked the card. It's always been very powerful. It's never been a card that I felt like was my identity as much. It's, it's I'm not sure why exactly. I don't even know if I can think of a time I've seen you have it in play under your control. Unless I maybe lend you Junt. Like, it's not really your vibe. I play it in Highlander for sure. It's 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 in my Jun deck in Highlander. It's, it's a good card. It's a great card. It's just not one of my favorite cards. Dark Confidant is my number one. Um, you know, it's for me, it's an easy choice. It's it's the the, the cycle of two mana creatures for the most part are favorites of mine. I didn't put them all on my list, but I did put a few of them. And Dark Confidant is one of my favorites. It's just such a great thing to be able to do on turn two. It's one of my favorite turn two plays in any black deck. Um, when it's in your opening hand, it always feels great, right? It's just such an easy, like, I- I'm such a fan of, of two ones for two that have a great upside. I'm such a fan of that. And so I just love, I just love this card. I love that it's a human. I love that it's a wizard. I love it in all kinds of decks. It's yeah, it's one. This is one of my ten favorite magic cards, probably ever. I loved our confidant. Um. So so yeah. So so we kind of talked a bit at the beginning, but like on you know, for blue and white, we talked about what about that color is the reason we like playing that color, and and I wonder what for you that is for black. Black's one of my least favorite colors in magic. Even when I play black, it's usually as a support color. Um. There are some things black does. I, I do like the efficiency and the uh, proactive nature of hand disruption, even though I don't like having it played against me. Um, and I do like the edict effects that black has. I think the edict effects that black has are, are really unique and very powerful. And they get around a lot of things that are super problematic. They get around hexproof. They get around indestructible. They're one of the few things that you can efficiently do. Anytime you have like an instant speed edict type effect, um, that can just win the game on its own. So, you know, I play like Tribute to Hunger, for instance. This is an old, it's an old limited card from years ago um, from Innistrad, I think. Like I play that in some of my Highlander decks because it's great to be able to instant speed, make them sacrifice their biggest thing and gain a bunch of life and can be really powerful against like a Blightsteel Colossus or even like just like a Primeval Titan. It's, it's really good. I think I think I think for me it's a lot of the value. It, it's actually it's probably just the graveyard. <laughs> In reality, yeah. it's like I love aristocrat strategies. I love like the sacrificing things and then they coming back for for less expensive or creating tokens that then you can sacrifice for value. I love reanimating stuff out of my graveyard. I mean, literally, like if you look at the commander decks I currently have, I have like eight 
different versions of Marin built. And by that, I mean, I have Marin. I have three cast decks. I have um, even like Badrock is that. I have Mimeoplasm. Like the reason I'm not building the blue black legend that you just built for Commander is because I already have multiple decks <laughs> that are like reanimate things from my graveyard out of value or like you can cast things out of your graveyard for value that I was like, I don't know if I need another one of those. That seems so extreme. Um, it, like, especially like I just built Tavish that uh, Tormog, which is like all blood tribal where I'm bringing creatures back every turn. So it's like that, that whole, that whole interaction is something that I like live for in magic and is like becoming more and more my vibe almost exclusively. Um, that it definitely, it's definitely, uh, I think the thing I like about, and, and one of the reasons black is what I think has, like right now I think blue, like Grixis's are my favorite color combos, and I think that's one of the reasons it's up there. I was going to ask you that. I feel like, is Grixis both of our favorite three color combo? I don't I think know. it probably is. I know I don't, I don't like think... green. Yeah. I like Soltai enough. I like Esper enough. But it feels a little, Esper feels a little boring. Grixis feels exactly where I want to be. Grixis feels like almost exactly, most of the time, exactly where I want to be. It's got counter spells. It's got removal. It's got hand disruption. It's got burn. It's got card draw. It, like, it's cheap. Um, I, I think, like, it's recursive. What's been interesting to me is classically, I either love blue white or I love Junt. Or I love blue mm. white and I love Abzan, right? Like, I like, I like love green black and I love blue white. And then red's gotten a lot better recently. Is like fall and like and, and and so it's almost like I either like black green and Jeskai or blue white and Junt, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's like it's it's two of those combos is where I fall the most into. I don't know if Grixis. I've like never had a modern Grixis deck. I've never built it. I never built a cast based Grixis deck in modern. Like it's never. I've never played a game that with that. So I don't even know. Um, I played Grixis Twin at one point. I played I had, like. Okay. Okay. I had twin. I just never had black in it. Yeah, I played. I played a few Grixis decks. I played a few Grixis decks over the years. It, there, there's some sweet stuff you can do in Grixis for sure. I built like this really cool Grixis deck at one point in modern that was like training grounds, pack rat, uh, nickel, the four mana nickel boss creature that flips, um, all that kind of stuff. Because the whole idea you could like turn one training grounds, turn two pack rat, turn three with like an herborg, you could like discard three cards and make three three threes. Um, and then also have the ability to like play Nicol Bolas, untap, hit your fifth land, flip Nicol Bolas. Um, was really sweet. Training Grounds is like the key to that deck, but it was definitely a fun idea for a deck. So sweet. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's it for black. Uh, uh, obviously, we're getting to, to if you're listening to this audio only, we'll be on blue in a second. But for uh, video watchers, thank you so much for watching. Please like and subscribe. Comment below with your favorite black cards. Why do you love black? And uh, make sure to check out. We released um multiple colors this week every day this week we're releasing a new color check all those those videos out um and then i would love to hear your thoughts on uh, on those as well also every monday 7 30 p.m we're doing a live stream of commander um that's just the new thing we do so check it on youtube and 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 twitch both places so check that out as well um and uh thank you to our patrons thank you for making this happen um we we are able to do these videos on a weekly basis because patron uh right now this is kind of a test if 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 we want to be able to keep doing this we probably need to grow that patron so if anyone can check that out please uh it really helps the podcast out um and and makes it so we can do more and more cool content yes guys thank you so much for supporting what we do uh and 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 as alex mentioned the patreon is instrumental to what we're doing and it would mean a lot to us especially as a holiday gift to the mm cast if you guys want to join the patreon please do patreon.com slash the mm cast this has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending
podcast into the future.